Welcome to No Concessions. What is No Concessions? No Concessions is another movie podcast, except this time hosted by likable people. <laughs> yes. This week, I'm joined by Chet and Charles, baby. Tell us a little bit about yourselves. Uh, I watch movies and I do advertisements for them sometimes. And I, uh, I'm Chet. <laughs> Uh, I my time doesn't mean anything. So sometimes <laughs> I'll just watch things <laughs> to have something on and then obsess over it for a couple hours afterwards and read literally every article I can find about it. Excellent. Those wiki pages are scoured. Yeah, dude, you can just drop down and get your eagle on in all kinds of Wikipedia holes. Yeah, I mean, especially with older movies like the movie we're talking about today. I was like, because it's 30 years old. They're like retrospectives like, hey, what's up with this movie from from 81? Same thing with the, with Hudson Hawk. There were a bunch of art, like weird opinion pieces from like this year. Uh, like, uh, hey, remember that weird Bruce, <laughs> Bruce Willis shit from 25 years ago? What, what was that shit about? Uh, maybe, about it's, it. maybe it's good, actually. And at the end of the article is like, actually, no, it's not. <laughs> it's like, thanks, 23 year old. Yale graduate <laughs> who for some reason is the only person who's allowed to write articles and will see soon have an opinion column well not soon i guess in 20 years have a new york times opinion column where you just espouse the worst opinions ever you know a great way to become a respected person with like opinions that are taken as fact is to just espouse them for several years just keep <laughs> <Yeah>. fucking doing <laughs> it absolutely be like oh yeah i heard about that guy who wrote that terrible article 10 years back mm. oh yeah yeah okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Denzel. My time is also meaningless, but I also used to work in uh, movies. But now I work on podcasts. Look at me uh, by podcasts. I mean, this singular podcast. <laughs> anyway, it's a real well, lateral move. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a real gigantic sidestep from what I was doing before, which was another podcast. Excellent. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome to No Concessions on this week's show. We have the worst movies we've seen in theaters, a review of 1981's Dragon Slayer, not to be confused with 2002's Dragon Slayer or that other year's Dragon Slayer. There are about 20 movies with Dragon Slayer in the title. But how many of them are one word? How many of them have a space between Dragon and Slayer? Because I feel like that's an important distinction. Yeah, this one doesn't have the space. And also has a subtitle. Yes. What's the subtitle? When dragons were real. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right. Well, anyway, uh, a review view of 1981's Dragon Slayer and the titular segment No Concessions. Let's get right into it. The worst movie I've seen in theaters is has got to be uh, the Twilight Saga Eclipse. Whoa. I saw for reasons I cannot remember all of the Twilight films in theaters. I have to say that the third one is absolutely the worst one by like a wide margin. Uh, Eclipse is the one where we find out that Jacob is a werewolf. Bella also decides to marry Edward or like get engaged and become a vampire, but like not till after they get married and have their honeymoon. Edward's like weird about turning her into a vampire at this point, for whatever reason you get to see how weirdly large they decided to make the wolves. Uh, the wolves are huge in those movies. I don't know if you guys have seen them. No. But they're easily like 10 feet tall for no fucking reason. <laughs> And they don't look bad, but they are very large for no reason. And there's like this whole other like subplot with someone that the Collins have wronged and she's turning people into vampires to have like an army. But 
newborn vampires are like way stronger than people who've been vampires for a long time for it's fucking stupid it's i think what it's supposed to be is like they're like baby s- snakes where they can't yeah. control their venom which isn't even fucking true <laughs> <laughs> but yeah they're like they're like stronger and they're like feral and they're like directly under the control of or they're under the influence of the person who turned them for a while i think that's yeah, he also kind of worked that into why Edward doesn't want to turn Bella into like they're serious or whatever. And it's just fucking bad. And like they introduce the vampire Illuminati. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Volturi or whatever the fuck they're called. Who just show up and just start murdering people just off the jump. It's truly terrible. And I don't I can't for the life of me remember why. 20-year-old me <laughs> was like, I definitely need to. Because I think we saw the first one in theaters was like a joke because we were in high school and our time meant even less than it does to me now. And then we just kept doing it. I saw all seven of those movies. There's seven of them? There's Twilight. There's five. Four. There are four. Yeah, I thought there was four. There's five because the last one is split into two. I th- I thought what? it was. I thought it was three a trilogy too, and that was split into two. On the last one, so hold on. There's Twilight, Twilight New Moon, Twilight Eclipse, yeah, Twilight New Dawn, Dawn Breaking, Breaking, breaking Dawn, Dawn, Breaking Dawn, Breaking Dawn, Breaking Bad. Those are the four books. Yeah, then there are five movies. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, there are five movies or four movies. It's uh five movies. Five movies. Okay. Twilight, New Moon, Eclipse, and then Breaking Dawn parts one and two. Four movies. Four. Five. five. That's five. What? One, two. We can count. Eclipse. <laughs> Twilight. New Moon. Eclipse. Oh, and then Breaking Dawn is split in two. Okay. Okay. Twilight was its own movie. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. okay Twilight. Okay. And then it became the Twilight Saga New subtitle moon. name of the book. Ah, gotcha. 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 And yep. So all five of those movies, uh, three of them uh, on opening night. Wow. That's dedication. Yeah. It's just, it was just four dudes. And then a sea of both teenage girls and older women. Excellent. That's commitment to a joke right there. We, we were about that bit. <laughs> and that's why none of us work in comedy now. Because those are the <laughs> kinds of ideas that we have. Oh, shit. All right. Yeah, those, those movies weren't good i mean as i had stated in a previous show i'd seen all of them yeah. because i was like if i'm gonna talk shit about something i need to know i need to know what i'm talking about and it's like no no you can just it's a okay to dislike something but b it's even more okay not to have an opinion yep. yeah yeah it's so, like the best thing is to not have an opinion about a thing that you don't care about it, yeah it's the easy thing there is to do and so many people it's so freeing <laughs> it's so just like oh i have no idea about this topic let me just not care about it wow yeah yeah i will admit i occasionally watch the baseball scene from new moon oh <laughs> it's so fucking stupid <laughs> it's so bad and it's set to that one song by is that muse who the fuck was a garbage oh no it is muse it's a but they have to play during a lightning storm what? Because so, they're so they're so strong that when they hit the ball with a bat, it makes a really loud noise. But if there's a lightning storm going oh on, God. people will mistake it for lightning, and they're like, they're all, they have like superpowers and stuff. So they're like jumping, hunting like dozens of feet God. in the air to catch the ball, and uh, 
like booking it and it looks bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I will occasionally just pull it up on YouTube because it's really funny to me. That sounds like a good time, honestly. The problem that I have mostly with the Twilight series, aside from it being not for me or whatever, yeah. but it's they take like they have really interesting ideas in there. They're like nuggets of interesting shit. Yeah. Like if you expanded on the vampire Illuminati, but not in a shitty way. Yeah. Like that could have been really cool. Or like the idea that this redheaded lady came back for revenge and she was just like, yo, it's on site for all of you. <laughs> and she gets pretty close. Yeah. She, if she managed to like go murder a bunch of people or what, like if she did something, if the Collins weren't the main characters, they definitely would have like been destroyed in that <laughs> yeah if she even killed like two of them yeah. that would have been really rad like the weird it, the the one that can see into the future and be yeah. like kill alice uh, Just, i can see into the future y'all oh saw my own death uh-huh. also kill jasper because jasper's creepy yeah isn't that he's like fucking his sister right and that's his sister well, they like pretend to be a family but they also are like paired off it's a weird thing <laughs> Because there's five is the there's Carlisle and his wife and they're like married. They've been, you know, together for like a century and a half. And then there's like their kids, quote unquote. And they have five kids and the older boys and the old and the two girls are like together. And then there's Edward who's like alone. It's definitely racist because he was turned in like the 1920s or some shit <laughs> definitely racist and they, and they live in uh the pacific northwest like there's no way these oh people. yeah oh hundo hundo uh, that's just like the pre-civil war dude who uh only like in the same way that um they made wolverine and Sabretooth fight for the union in uh x-men origins wolverines like you can't have the hero your character of your movie like fighting for slavery in the civil <laughs> yeah. war so like that's the only reason uh they were on the union side but yeah, and like Edward's just the well, he's the fifth sibling. And so he's not with anybody. But because they have to pretend to be a family at the schools that they go to for no reason, it's completely arbitrary. Um, they have to like pretend that they're not fucking when they're at school. That's it's so weird because like they can't just be adults operating in the real world right? with Some fucking adults IDs. Look 17. Yeah. It's a really poorly written movie. Anyway. I, well, I mean they're poorly written books. Let's, let's oh, keep it yeah. funky. Yeah, that's true. That's true. The books are poorly written. Wasn't it based off of fan fiction? No, that's 50 Shades is based off of Twilight fan fiction. Okay. I thought Twilight also started as Harry Potter fanfic. You know, it fucking might have. No, I mean, it's entirely uh, uh, possible, but that also could just be an urban legend kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Just like Marilyn Monroe taking ribs out to suck <laughs> his own dick. Uh, Marilyn Manson. Marilyn Manson. Wrong Marilyn. <laughs> or uh, uh, Rod Stewart having to go to the hospital to get semen pumped out of his stomach. <laughs> yeah. some or Lil Kim or whoever. Uh, Richard re- Gere. Yeah. Whoever uh, the journal. O-Town or whoever. I got... Okay, so this one's going to be a little bit of a spicy one for some of y'all. But the worst movie I've seen in theaters and the only movie to date that I've walked out of was The Born Supremacy. Okay. Most people think it's a competent movie and I'm sure it was fine. I couldn't tell what was happening in that movie because of that goddamn shaky cam. This was when like a shaky cam was. It wasn't really a thing yet, but it was just starting to be like, oh, wow, you could really feel the action. And people yeah, were the born identity had just done it. Yeah. And, and people like, thought that movie was cool. We so they turned it. We got to ratchet it up. <laughs> so the born supremacy, they had all these like 
car chases and action scenes and all that, which were just a blur. And it got to the point where none of us that were watching, I was saw with my family in theaters and we were all watching it getting sick. And I don't remember what the plot to that movie really is. I know that there was something about Russian spies and he's amnesia. It doesn't matter. Cause I couldn't tell what was happening on screen and it made me sick to watch it. And we had to leave. I can't, I don't even know the name of that song or how the rest of that song goes. I just recognize the siren every time I hear it. Yeah, there you go. It's probably, I want to say it's a Moby song. Yeah. Moby would do some shit like that <laughs> as well as claim that he dated an 18 year old, but <laughs> and rub his dick on the president. Weird dude. Yeah. Very strange. Um, anyway, I think the born supremacy, uh, I'm pretty sure they fixed that on the DVD. They probably did like in, in posts and same with Cloverfield. I know Cloverfield, Cloverfield like, definitely adjusted yeah, for home media because that was one of the biggest complaints about it the was movie. Very jarring. Yeah. And found footage yeah. was so cool. Yeah. Then, um, I yeah, got a weird resurgence. Cause like Blair, Witch did it and there were a bunch of films around like the mid nineties that were doing it. And it wasn't, it doesn't always lend itself to uh good cinematography. No. Yeah, and no. so it was like overdone and it disappeared for like 10 years. And then Cloverfield did it in like, an engaging way, I guess it completely nonsensical uh, plot wise, but <laughs> it was fun to watch enough, fun enough to watch. And then a bunch of other movies, other movies were like, we got to get in on this found footage business uh, while they're getting this good. And it was never good. It was just, it worked for this one <laughs> narrative situation. I uh, see work for Chronicle. Yeah. It worked for Chronicle partially because it wasn't even holding the camera half the time. Yeah. It was just, oh yeah, let me just, it's, a good, way to it. it's a good way to do it. It's like, <laughs> hey, these kids have telekinesis. That's why no one's holding the camera. Good? Good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, that was probably the only found footage movie that I really enjoyed. Wreck 2, I also saw and enjoyed. But that one, like because it's a horror movie, I guess I give it a little bit more leeway for you know being a little bit shaky a little more jarring i also wasn't watching it on a 30 foot screen and you know kind of knew what to expect by this point as opposed to born supremacy which i mean i don't think i'd even seen the first one i don't think i'd seen the born identity at the time so i was very confused as to what was happening and i didn't like it and i never actually went back to to watch it again just left that bad of a taste in my mouth. <laughs> I think they've kind of addressed this problem since the early 2000s, but it's one of the few trilogies that you cannot just start anywhere. Yeah. yeah. You In the other trilogies, they kind of like through dialogue or exposition, they will explain to you what's happened or they'll have like some sort of, they'll do a lot of build up to the point where that second or third movie has come out to kind of just sum up the story and like either trailers or whatever. But the born supremacy and the born ultimatum, they don't do any of that shit. Well, in the beginning of the born ultimatum, they just retread all that shit that's happened. But in the born supremacy, it just starts out where his girlfriend is getting done up. Like he's running down the beach or whatever. And he's like, Oh, we've been made here in Croatia or wherever the fuck we are. And then he's running down and whatever. He's in the Jeep with his girl. And then she gets blown up or blown up by that. I mean, shot by a sniper mm. and he's like, Oh fuck. Well, got to get out of here. And that's where the movie just kind of starts. It's very, it's very foot on the gas, which I can respect, but it is also bad for audiences. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I will say 
that I do enjoy all of those movies, even the bad ones, which is probably <laughs> all of them. And none of them are very good, to be honest with you. But you know what? You live and you learn, and then you make another movie. 10 years after the last sequel came out. Yeah, that was a surprise. After trying to reboot the franchise with Jeremy Renner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The worst movie that I saw in theaters, I was stuck between those. I, there are two really bad movies that I've seen. Oh. The first one I want to talk about is Soul Plane. Oh, oh man. Oh. I don't know what drove me <laughs> to watch this fucking movie. All the stars. Yeah, oh, it's star serious. All... 20 black people we were allowed to care about at the time. <laughs> Tommy Davidson, John Witherspoon, Snoop Dogg, Tom Arnold, Tom Arnold's daughter, or the woman who plays her, his daughter, who's who everybody on this plane is trying to fuck for some reason. I never went and weirdly young Kevin Hart. Yes. Yeah. That was before Kevin Hart was like, it's everyone. weird like seeing his like early, early stand up because he looks like a child <laughs> not just because he's a small man he just he's been doing he started very early so he looks incredibly young yeah and then he's been working out like crazy years but yeah. you're used to seeing him all swolled up yeah yeah absolutely that movie i walked out there's a point in it oh. where john witherspoon is playing somebody's blind dad yeah. and he's finger banging a potato <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Yeah. That sentence right there. Uh, yeah, I, that would that sounds a lot exactly of, like the kind of humor that was. That, oh, God. That was, that was what, 2004? 2004? Something like that. Yeah, it was 2004, yeah. So that's like the probably the low, low point of black comedy. Yeah, yeah. It, we're getting more fucking black movies for a long time after that. It felt so disconnected and like such a parody fucking call of black culture like it it did feel completely disingenuous it was cartoonishly stereotypical yeah like there were some funny moments to it but that movie was so fucking stupid and i imagine most of the funny moments were in the trailer part anyway whoever wrote this movie the the parties involved with writing soul plane are probably two of the worst writers on this fucking planet it was supposed to be i i think supposed to be along the lines of like a scary movie or one of those. It was supposed to be a comedy about a plane, but it was so weird. The plane had spinning rims on it. It just seemed like they were, it was outwardly racist, but like in a weird, like weird way because it embraced things that were part of the culture back then, like part of the American zeitgeist spinning rims and shit like that. Big chains smoking weed or whatever Snoop Dogg and shit, but it was probably I couldn't make it past a certain point because like, again, a bunch of people were trying to fuck Tom Arnold's young white daughter. Yeah. And it was just like a bunch of black dudes. And it was just like, Oh, I'm this unaware white dad. How did I end up on this black person flight? Oh, <laughs> and there were like stripper poles on the plane. I haven't seen it since it came out. So I have, I have poor recollection of what's going on, but what is seared into my memory is John Witherspoon playing a blind man, finger banging a potato. Yeah. And him doing commentary along with it too. Of course. John Witherspoon is one of those actors that rarely adds much to a movie. Like I can't think of any roles that he's done that really stand out in a good way. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's fair. Yeah, I can't think of any example. I mean, I think he's great as uh, 
granddad in the boondocks but oh yeah as far as like the nice movie roles that i can think of because he always gets these weird cameo type roles and he's always playing some form of crazy guy yeah and that's that's it that's his typecast like i'm sure he has other good voice work and i'm sure he has other better roles but like most of the movies that i've seen with him just have him stereotyped as some crazy old black man and that's it (laughs) (laughs) that's exactly it I just read the full plot of this movie. It's fucking garbage. It's not even like good conceptually. I mean, there's so much of that movie that makes absolute zero sense. Like beyond all the stereotyping and all like just the general how awful this movie is throughout. The plot makes no goddamn sense. None. There's not a plot. It's just he wins a bunch of money in a lawsuit starts in a whole ass airline yeah off of one lawsuit that also adds another terminal to the airport to an airport and has a single flight the whole movie is just a single flight yeah yeah then 100 percent of the flights from this airline have failed (laughs) all right well that movie was bad what was the other one oh pulse there was like this computer virus oh, that shit. became yeah. like a ghost or a ghoul Ooh. or something. And it was like turning people into dust on that uh, Avengers tip. It was oh like, oh, God. I don't feel so good after using my cell phone. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And in order to protect yourself, you had to insulate your room with like red tape so the monsters couldn't get you or the monster. It was run through electronics and like radio waves. And they made fun of it in Forgetting Sarah Marshall because like Kristen Kristen Bell was in it, wasn't it? She like started it. And it was probably one of the, I didn't walk out of that, but I was in, I watched it opening day because the homies and I had this ritual. Every Friday, we'd walk down to the movie theater, watch a movie, and then walk home. Okay. And then the movie was fucking awful and it was like seven of us in the movie and then maybe like 13 or 14 other people and like by the halfway point of the movie everybody in there had lost interest oh yeah and so like people were just talking or just yelling at the movie like somebody threw a slushy at the the screen (laughs) it was fucking bad it was a bad fucking movie dude damn you know a movie's bad when people start throwing food at it because I've never actually fucking expensive. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Spent twelve dollars on this shit. <laughs> but it's worth roasting this movie that and bad. I, I'm so mad at this movie. I'm gonna make the 17 year old that they make clean this theater up <laughs> deal with this. Later. <laughs> yeah, that one. That was awful, and the idea was like, okay, so if we use like analog stuff, like older technology, it can't communicate through these frequencies. So the military is just fine. So they built like an installation out in the middle of the desert. Radio frequencies work at all. (laughs) Nope. That's aggressively stupid. Yeah. It was probably one of the worst movies I've ever seen ever. That's like high speed internet is a thing in most households. Now, how can we make a horror movie? Yeah. Yeah. It was from, Probably 0506 or something 06. like that. It was 06. a remake of a Kurosawa film. Oh, well, that sucks. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see. I want to see the original just to see what that's all about. That remake was fucking ass. That's oh terrible. My God. See, again, I feel like even when you have a movie that's kind of incompetently made, if you have a decent plot to it, there's potential. Like, with soul plane and with pulse because the plot is so aggressively stupid 
there's no saving it. Like you would have to just rewrite the whole thing just to make it a movie or have it be so old that it does apply. But you can't, you can't salvage that. Yeah, no. <laughs> You got to have at least one of the elements that's rock solid and that you can kind of rally around. You're like, well, yeah, that was shit. But, all, but I mean, <laughs> there was some cool <laughs> stuff going on. There. No, there wasn't. Like, like there were cool <laughs> ideas and it just were executed poorly. It's like, that's not even the case with either of those. There's films. no way to reconcile. Oh, homie opened a fucking terminal in an airport for one flight. That went terribly because nobody on staff and was Lost, competent at all. And the Lost thing was for, like, he won $100 million. That's not a lot of money. No, I mean, no. It's that's all, not starting airline money. No, that's not even close. And part not of even the, in 2006. Right, yeah. And part of the premise was that this dude was an idiot throughout his whole life and was, like, trying to be an entrepreneur. So it's not like he could have used that money on an actual good business plan. (laughs) Yeah. Because he didn't have any. But, like, he also couldn't have gotten, like, the rest of it through a business loan and, like, have some heavy investing. Yeah. No, because everyone knows that this dude is a fucking fucking moron. Like, that was well established. But whatever. Some movies are just bad. Absolutely. Absolutely. After the break, we come back with a review of 1981's Dragon Slayer. Yeah, you see you after the jump. It's Denzel here with the quick ad break. I wanted to hit you all up to remind you to hop on the Patreon, patreon.com slash no concessions. And this is just to give you an idea of the type of content that's on there. This week, we have the third episode of Who Knew, the Doctor Who recap show that Charles and I are doing, as well as a spoiler review of Spider-Man Far From Home. Last week, we dropped a commentary track for Johnny Mnemonic and Zombieland. So check those out. For this week's review, we have Dragon Slayer released on June 26th, 1981, directed by Matthew Robbins, produced by Hal Barwood and Howard W. Koch, written by Hal Barwood and Matthew Robbins, starring Peter McNichol, Caitlin Clark, Ralph Richardson, John Hallam, Peter Iyer, Sidney Bromley, Chloe Salomon and Ian McDiarmid. McDermid. McDermid. Okay. Don't know how to pronounce that. Music by Alex <laughs> North. Cinematography by Derek Van Lint. Edited by Tony Lawson and the production companies, if it really matters, is uh, Paramount Pictures and Walt Disney Pictures. It was one of Walt Disney's first joint productions in the 1980s, and it's one of their darker, more adult films that they've ever done. Yeah, there's it gets pretty brutal at times. Absolutely. Absolutely. Chet, summarize the film for us. So Dragon Slayer 1981 is the epic tale of the sorcerer's apprentice who is called into battle in order to slay a dragon because the dragon has been terrorizing the local village. And in order to appease the dragon, there has been a lottery twice a year for young virgin women to be sacrificed to the dragon. And in exchange, he doesn't fuck up their whole town. Uh, So Peter McNichol, the sorcerer's apprentice now has to take over the job that his 
master was supposed to do and slay said dragon. And that's more or less it. He thinks he wins, but it turns out the dragon was stronger than that. You better, better watch yourself. (laughs) Uh, So then he has to go back and fight him for real round two. And that's, that's basically the movie there. Yeah. Yep. It's a very simple general storyline. There's not a whole lot to it. Yeah. uh, The movie was made for $18 million and it kind of shows. I mean, $18 million (laughs) in 1981 money is probably around 40 million now. Yeah. Which is still pretty comparatively. Um, Soul Plane also was made for $18 million. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) So fucking 30 years later. (laughs) And they both made about the same amount of money. Good. Fuck Soul Plane. (laughs) Fuck whoever wrote that. That's (laughs) God. That was awful. Yeah, you can really see um, where a lot of that money went. And it's almost entirely to the admittedly very impressive dragon model. Yes. Yes. It is an actual 40-foot animatronic um, that the same dude who made the, uh, what's it called? Not the Sarlacc, the other. Job of the Hut? No. Oh, the thing. Yeah, the big giant monster. Yeah, that fuck, Luke what fight. is it called? I don't know. Fucking I... throw my nerd card in the trash. <laughs> um, the shit that Luke fights in return <laughs> in Jabba's palace. Um, yeah, that thing. Yeah, uh, uh, Phil Tippett, who was... Uh, it, who, we'll, just, we'll just ADR it in when someone realizes <laughs> it. Just like, oh yeah, it was the Wookiees. <laughs> Phil Tippett, who like did a lot of the... Uh, monster designs and stuff for star Wars. He developed this process called uh go motion as opposed to stop motion. Eh. Stop motion is where they do the movement in each frame and go motion. Does it does movement between frames. So it looks a little more fluid. Interesting. And uh, the difference is very apparent because at the end of the film there, you see the whole dragon for the first time and it's yeah. moving around and it looks incredible. Yeah. The compositing into the shot, bad. Very bad. But the actual <laughs> movement of the dragon is very impressive, especially for 1981, especially considering literally every other effect shot in the movie. Yeah. yeah. Rotoscoping had just been invented, too, yeah. in, what, the 70s? And it was first used on Star Wars, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For lightsabers. For lightsabers, and yeah. And blasters. And yeah, it was it was actually very impressive, like for the time. Yeah. Although, granted, it does it later in the film present issues with the scale of the dragon yeah. yes. in the scenes. And it kind of like takes me out of some of the scenes. But like, again, for the most part, it looks pretty good with the exception of like, OK, so I just stabbed this fucker in the neck and now he's <laughs> swinging me from left to right. And uh oh, doesn't look that good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, anytime a person is interacting with the dragon does not look good because that model couldn't move that much. But yep. when it's the stop motion or go motion uh, of the dragon, very impressive. Like when it comes up out of the water, it looks like the area immediately around the dragon looks like shit because they can't composite <laughs> it into the scene, right? Yeah. But the actual movement of the dragon and they actually used uh, actual flamethrowers yeah. for it breathing fire, which is cool. It's just uh, like individual parts yeah. of the dragon look very good. But altogether, when it's all put together in the frame, it's just kind of not there. It's clearly yeah. uh, 1981. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. 
Oh shit, I forgot to announce the genre of the movie. This week's genre is movies fantasy before Game of Thrones existed because fantasy did exist before <laughs> Game of Thrones as it turns out. Uh, the reason why I picked this movie was because it's a movie with a dragon and Game of Thrones recently came to an end and I just wanted to see what it was like. Yeah. And this is it was exactly what I thought it was. It's not a grand adventure. It doesn't span like continents yeah, and shit. Really, it's surprisingly tight story yeah yeah like it's a very simple concept and it's it's small in scale like yeah yeah, he's taking on a dragon but it's like it's just one old pissed off cranky dragon yeah and it's it's not like he he's he's not even really doing it to save the town he's doing it because he was asked to yeah it doesn't yeah like he he, there's no stakes for him personally no not until he's like gets up his own ass about how strong he is yeah, yeah. <laughs> initially he just walks into the town and is like yo i'm a sorcerer now what's good let yeah. me let me call upon my magic so he creates a landslide or whatever to cover up the entrance of the dragon which is not layer. the same as slaying the dragon but absolutely yeah. not <laughs> exactly and that's exactly what i thought when i saw that i was like like people are dumb but they're not that dumb somebody would have been like there's no way the dragon's dead you just close the entrance yeah, you went in and you looked for a minute and then you came back outside <laughs> and there's already clearly skeptics immediately like, like even with the the master sorcerer dude's like eh you ain't shit and then he just stabs him and that's it he's just fucking dead <laughs> yeah let's talk about that for a second at the opening of the movie the sorcerer the head sorcerer who's alive like uh he's training galen who's the apprentice yeah, Ulrich, Ulrich. The, had the master wizard yeah commits suicide by cop yeah effectively <laughs> he's, he gives this fucking cop or the king's guard or whatever a knife he's like oh you don't believe on magic he's all right fucking stab me fucking, <laughs> oh you stabbed me yeah dude that was so i was like i did not see this coming yeah, I was at like, all because he's like so we the movie opens with him with you see this sorcerer and he's like doing some spell and he's like staring into a fire yeah like and, a bowl with fire in it yeah he's, he's been adding shit to it and he like does some hand wavy shit to turn all the other candles out he's staring into it at the same time there's some people coming to like ask him for help with the dragon we later find out and he's just like he's staring into this fire and like a ptsd flashback <laughs> from a war film all he hears is screams yeah and like not gunfire but it will call a gunfire if, if you drop gunfire in it, it would be <laughs> very appropriate <laughs> it could have been taken from the opening scene of rambo like it's just, yeah yeah exactly <laughs> then he's like okay i'm gonna because his because galen and hodge his like old man assistant <laughs> they're both like yeah he's the wizard's not gonna fucking see you he doesn't see anybody get the fuck out of here it's like this group that has come to request his help and he's like no i'll see him and he's like, why? Like, I saw my death in this vision. So fuck it. Let's go. <laughs> and so he, there's like this build up. One, I really like Ulrich because he's a wizard who's just fucking over it. Like, he yeah. just does it. He's just like doing wizard like, shit. Okay, alone. I guess I'll go on this grand adventure, whatever. And he's like, it's clearly like a show for him. He's like, all right, uh, go grab some sulfuric ash let's like make a fucking presentation <laughs> which of these hats look more wizardy <laughs> he has, like, like, do i have the cane nah, nah the, the cane. king i'm old <laughs> it's very fun and 
so he like has Galen like throws basically like a smoke bomb down and he walks through it and he's like moving this piece of metal to make like a warbly noise and he's just Ooh. but even like after that he's just super casual with the magic he's like yep, flames are on uh let me see your bag and the person puts the bag down and he just like drags it over with magic he's like so over it it's like magic doesn't mean anything to me anymore so let's do some shit He's my favorite character and he dies 10 minutes. <laughs> but he makes this whole big deal about like not being able to make the journey. He was like, well, I got my amulet and I've got some magic shit. Uh, we're going to go. The road's not going to be the problem. It's the journey that's going to be the problem. And then he fucking commits suicide by cop. <laughs> and it's like, hey, Galen, uh, take this amulet and then go get me uh, a knife. And he gets the knife. He's like, throw the knife down. I'll handle it from here. Locks Galen into the uh, study. And then fucking has the cop stab him. And then they fucking burn his body. (laughs) (laughs) They give him like a weird Viking funeral, but with magic and the the flame is green. All of the people who journeyed from this village is being terrorized by dragons. It's like, are just there. Like they finally, first they get there and they didn't believe him. Like, this magician's not shit. And then he does some magic shit. Like, okay, cool. We're on board. I believe it now. And then he just fucking dies in front of him in the next scene. They're like, we wasted all this fucking time. We left our families undefended. We're just out here trying to find some magic dude. And he's fucking nothing. And they're all mad at uh, Valerian. Which, nice name, Valerian in the City of a Thousand yeah. Planets. I think that was a popular comic in, ooh, what was it, the 70s? It inspired Star Wars, oh. I think. I felt like this movie... Like, I don't know how popping it was in at the time, but I felt like this movie paid homage to a lot of stuff and was like kind of biting off a lot of things like the Ulrich dying felt very Obi-Wan to me. Just like, yeah. OK, I'm just going to die now. That's it. Have fun. You're the master. <laughs> yeah. Uh, OK. This yeah. was only four years after Star Wars. Yeah. So I definitely felt like the influence of Star Wars throughout this movie. Also, Ian McDermott is in it. Yeah. Uh, and then there is. A lot of the names, I don't know if those names were like, like already, yeah, if they were references or other stuff is referencing this. I'm assuming that this wasn't so popular that it was like, no, because it to. would have been a cult movie maybe in the 90s. Yeah, which because the never reached. It <laughs> didn't actually, it wasn't popular. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't make its money back. And a lot of movies did back then. Yeah, especially with. I mean, $18 million in the, in the early 80s, late 70s, early 80s was a lot of money. And and it was a Disney production, a Disney joint production. Yeah. With some Paramount, I think. Yeah, it was Paramount. And then uh, some weird brief nudity at the beginning. Yeah, that was also weird. That was the next thing I want to touch on was like the casual reveal that this was a girl all the time. I, I was unsure myself like throughout. I, I was like, is that is this a teenage boy or is this a girl a with a deep with, voice yeah yeah a woman with a deep voice and but, turns out the woman pretended to be a man for reasons that make sense yeah yeah the reasoning the reasoning is sound like the plot that part of the plot works i think all of the plot works it's just the acting is so flat the acting is hard to get into yeah i i felt like throughout the whole movie one of the things that really i guess kept me from enjoying it was I didn't feel any sense of gravity to anything. Yeah. Like it's because it's like watching a middle school play yeah. with an eighteen million dollar budget. Because <laughs> like, okay, uh, 
girls swimming in the lake and dude's like, oh, let me join you. And she's like, wait, no, don't. Oh. Like, I prefer to swim alone. <laughs> was, okay. Just, and I was like, oh, she's a woman. And it's like, then, <laughs> okay, cool. He immediately dives in and we just, the first brief nudity we get is Peter McNichols ass and he dives in and he's swimming underwater, you know, as you do. Yeah. Just, just when you casually dive on over. When you need to bathe, yeah. you just swim underwater. I'm glad my bathtub is large <laughs> enough to allow me to swim underwater for about four minutes. And uh, he comes up, you know, we, and then we get a shot immediately. We get a shot from behind uh, Valerian. Valerian and there's butt and side boob and you see Peter McNichol come up and it's like gasp underwater and he's like you're a girl and he's like <laughs> and then it just cuts to them getting dressed yeah that's it like they just and he's like scene real yeah, I knew the whole time like as soon as he showed up he was like you know shit <laughs> yeah shut the fuck up and then that's just left alone for 15 minutes and yeah. it's I understand why from the villagers she's hiding that she's a girl yeah. and why she would want to keep it a secret. So it's not as if it's like, oh shit, this is like, oh no, this doesn't make any sense. It's so weird. Like what's yeah, happening? It here? totally not. works in the plot where like her dad was like, no, I'm just going to raise yeah. you as a boy. Look, this so like everyone's this. always known me as a boy and that's how it has to stay because of this fucking lot. Cause at that point we don't know about, wait, no, we didn't know about the lottery. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. they just, they didn't really, yeah, it's, it's, it's like touched over like, hey, we're sacrificing virgins to this yeah. dragon. And okay, quick question. Wouldn't it be simpler to just, hey, hey, daughter, go, go slut out. Just don't be a virgin. <laughs> yeah, just like, have well, someone sleep with see, your daughter. The problem is the, the village is predominantly Christian. Yes. So uh, they yeah. do establish that. Yeah. And it would be a very bad thing. That's true. Oh, she'd probably be stoned to death. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So she's dead either way. All right. It's a good time to be a woman in this village. Yeah. yeah. Raise yeah. them as a boy. Makes sense. Yeah. Just make sure between the summer and no, what is spring it's and sweet. autumn solstices, yeah. Yeah. you get laid or find a lover. Like yeah, get, just go get married. Go yeah, get then married. run away. Yeah, or, or just run away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just go somewhere where, like, if you have a as a family, if you have a daughter, you just don't live in that town anymore. It's <laughs> like, you know what? Well, time to go. You know, my wife was pregnant. Miscarriage. We're gonna oh, move. Oh, crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird because the king only controls that one village. It's, yeah, we yeah. don't see any other. Anywhere else in the kingdom, and there are probably about two hundred people there. Yeah, we see that village, <laughs> and we see the castle. I mean, the yeah. whole town shows up for the lottery scene. Yeah, in the end of the movie, so or like middle end. So, uh, yeah, that's not a large village. This is not a very powerful king. Yeah, no, absolutely not. And speaking of the lottery, the thing that's brought up in the beginning of the movie, which is actually paid off later, which is actually really cool, is the princess doesn't partake in the lottery. Right. Yeah. If you're rich enough, you can pay your way out of the lottery. And that's like, what, 10 or 15 people probably? Right. Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> the size of the village. It's Honestly, a, not a big deal, uh, statistically speaking. Yeah. People who live in the castle, and that's it. So <laughs> yeah. the money. But, yeah, so... She she fucking finds out the princess finds out. So this is after Galen goes to town and closes the entrance. Yeah. And then the king is like, show me what you got. Yeah. The king brings Galen into the, the little foyer in this castle, which isn't that large. That's how you know this is a broke bitch king. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like throne room is the size of your living room. Yeah. Oh, this is your grandpa. Huh? <laughs> this is where you show out. So Galen's in there and Galen, because he doesn't have like mastery of what he's doing, 
is kind of just flailing in front of the king. He's like, yeah, like, you see, I made a chicken, dog. Here's <laughs> a chicken. Never seen chickens happy. <laughs> Literally <laughs> everyone has seen chickens. They're we're overrun with them. <laughs> uh, oh, ooh, you want to see what I can do with this table? I can make this table ooh. move. I can and make this table move. <laughs> and he just flips over the table and he goes to fix it and the king's like, all right, whatever, dog. <laughs> like, is this the same quality shit that you did to the dragon? Like, what's... What's I, good? I ain't yeah. seeing it. Like, and then and rightfully like, so. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely right to be suspicious of it. And like, I would say, arguably, maybe right to arrest him. It's like, dog, you just look what you just did. You yeah. just pissed off the dragon. Like, like, all you've done is make this dragon upset because you didn't kill it. You just blocked the entrance. We sent people to go see the king's guard, the guy who kills Ulrich, and uh, as it turns out, kills Hodge as well. Yeah, I also want to touch on that. Why bother killing Hodge? Yeah, why like, did they kill? I was like. The the most interesting characters in this movie got killed ten minutes in. Just right off rip. Ulrich and Hodge are the best, also the best actors in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure that's yeah. why because yeah. they, they didn't have the budget to keep them around. <laughs> so like they get killed, and I was like, oh man, because Peter McNichols' performance goes just swings wildly back and forth between being like basically manic and like super <laughs> full of himself to just reading lines. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's not a great actor. And <laughs> and you even down into the 80s, he was in Ghostbusters 2, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely not good in that I only either. knew him from uh, Ellie McBeal. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's one of the regulars on that show. Just like part of the main cast. And my parents watched it, and that's the extent <laughs> of my knowledge of Peter McNichol. And now you saw where his career started. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Anyway, the, the Kingsguard who killed Hodge is like, and Ulrich, takes... Ulrich into cut or Galen into custody and locks him in a cell. And Galen's down there, like trying to trying do to magic. magic. He's like, "Yo, open up!" Because I said it anymore. He's even less magic than he did. When I mean, he was doing the other. He's already shown that he kind of sucks. Yeah, absolutely. And then the princess shows up out of nowhere, like a Dude, weird. This is the scene princess. she's introduced in. Yeah, is to go down and mock this prisoner. <laughs> so you got arrested, bitch. I also speak Latin, you punk ass. <laughs> also Greek. I guess Greeks exist in this world. <laughs> in I did some additional research. There was a novelization of this film. Oh boy! And in the novelization, the king, uh, which is kind of implied in the movie because he's whatever his name is, and then he has Rex afterwards. Oh yeah, Cappadonius or whatever. Yeah, Cappadonna so, Rex. In, in, <laughs> in the novelization, they're like um, it's established that he's uh, Roman, uh-huh. and. Or no, it's established that he's easy the Roman or Greek, and he like looks down on the people of the land because they're all Christians, like these backwards ass assholes, <laughs> and <laughs> kind of resents them for it. And uh, which also would work with other parts of this film if they'd kept that in, but it's whatever. They only had they spent all their money on that dragon, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so she comes down basically to mock him, and he's like, "Look, you." He's like, "Yeah, but I did what no one could do, and you know what's up anyway. Like, you're not in this fucking lottery." He's like, "What are you talking about? I do my duty. <laughs> I've been in every single lottery. Well, why aren't you in the pig pen with the rest of these bitches, huh?" Huh? <laughs> and so she confronts the king, who is one trying to like learn how to use this amulet very poorly, and burns his hand, and that never comes up again. <laughs> yeah, well, it came up earlier in the film. Oh, yeah, because uh, oh, Galen tried to use it. Yeah, and he was like, he had used it before. But he tried to use it again, and it burned up. He's like, "Ow, oh, come on!" Yeah, because he was just trying to fucking show off. Yeah, flexing, flexing, flexing. Call your brethren. That's a man. Don't care about that reference for you at home. Great song. Look it up. Uh, so she confronts her, the king, and he does. He's so bad at lying. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's like, yeah, well, you know, things are things. <laughs> Dad, what the fuck are you? Don't worry about that. You're just you're just real lucky. Yeah, just yeah, come on. And so she somehow manages to rig the lottery the next because obviously all Galen did was block the entrance. Yeah. The dragon busts out. So they have they have a little celebration in the town. Yeah. And Valerian's like, all right, bitch, I'm a girl. Yeah. I, yeah oh, sh- it's a cool scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like, oh, that's so nice. Like, you finally get to live your in your truth, yeah. beloved. You can see she literally has a coming out scene. <laughs> yeah. And the, this this is the point in the movie where I was torn because like I was uh, this is also where I think the movie starts to kind of pick up a little bit. Yeah. Because when she comes out, I'm like, oh, shit, she's next for the lottery. The King's yeah. guard knows this. Yeah. And w- even though it's he doesn't actually it doesn't actually ever show him like knowing this. I thought like they would just skip over that because now the rest of the town knows. Yeah. And so she shows up in the pig pen with the rest of the bitches when they do the lottery. Yeah. And then it turns out Princess Elspeth rigged the lottery and she's just like, I'm doing my duty, yep. bitch. Every single one of those chits got my name I'm on it. Every name. <laughs> and like the king is trying to be like. Oh no, must have read the name wrong. And he goes, pulls the tile, and is like, it's a different person's name. <laughs> and she's like, nah, bitch. She's like, rolls up on the king's, like, nope, it's my name. They all, They're all my name. For every time you kept my name out of the lottery, it's actually a really good scene. Yeah, yeah. I was, yeah. I was very impressed with that scene. I definitely thought it would just be Valerian. Yeah, same, yeah. same. Like, for every time you kept me out of the lottery, I put my name in there. And so they're all me. And. It seems like a lot because there's only two a year and she can't yeah. be older than 20. But, and this is also where you get an idea of how many people are in the village. Yeah. And because you look at the crowd and it's just like how many girls between like the ages of 14 and 25 are yeah. here? Because the life expectancy can't be much higher than like 30 no. or 40. No. And plus it's it's only virgin. So if you're like 18, you're probably already married anyway. Yeah. yeah. So it's realistically between like 12 and 17. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. And there are like fucking 150 of them <laughs> yeah. in there. Because you see that first part of the crowd is all young girls. Yeah. And then there's like random people like out like on the outskirts. But uh, she's like, I'm going to do my fucking duty. I also need to remark that the people in this village, despite it being in dirt and not having any paved roads, a lot cleaner than I thought they yeah. would be. I was looking at the crowd when they like panned over all the women in there. Like they have disheveled hair, but they look fine. Yeah, like they're in like clean clothes and like their faces aren't all fucked up. They just don't have brushes. Like that's like the worst it is. Everyone's got shoes. The only person who doesn't have shoes in this movie is Hodge, just for no reason. He just just doesn't like shoes. He's like, oh, it helps me run faster. And then, you know, uh, shoes are unnatural prisons for our feet. And so, you know, the Vibram 5 toe shoes. Stop trying to sell me on your toe shoes. (laughs) (laughs) So, it turns out that the princess decides to sacrifice herself for whatever reason. And she's just like, man, yo, it's like actually pretty fucked up that like, I haven't actually participated in this. Yeah. So gang, gang, I'm doing this for the ladies of the village. Put this one and on Larry me. And Larry Alpha Jump is like, yeah, she should definitely do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, fuck her. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, they're just going to replace her with Valerian. Yeah. And they don't. And, they don't. and I was like, oh. It's a good, it's a, it, they follow through. <laughs> On the princess being a good person. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Aside from the fact that she went down to gloat in front of a prisoner. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Redeem her in the next scene that she's in. She frees, uh, she frees, what's his name? No, no, hold on. So what ends up happening is 
during at earlier after she finds out that her father wasn't putting her name in there. Yeah. She frees Galen from prison and he dips. And so he comes back to the prison during the lottery to steal the amulet back. Yeah. And so he's in there. He gets caught by the king's guard. And there he's in the king's like chambers, which is also very small, broke, yeah. broke boy <laughs> ass king. <laughs> so he's he's in there looking for the amulet, which the king happens to have around his neck. And the king's like, You don't need to go through all that trouble. I got him right here. And the king's guard like surrounds him and they're about to kill him, like for real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the king's left hand man or right hand man was like, Wait, wait. And the king's like, yo, I need you to save my daughter. And he puts the amulet down on the table. And he and just magics it over. He magics back to Galen. And he's like, yeah, I'm on it. And Definitely just a magnet under the table. <laughs> <laughs> also, during the scene, the dragon has busted out. Oh, yeah. The and that's dra- why they're having another, or before, right before this, that's why they're having another lottery so yeah. soon. Yeah. Is because the dragon has busted out. And they're like, dragon's going to be fucking pissed because it had to break out of its cave. So we had to have another lottery right now. And that scene actually was pretty good uh, where the priests and all those other people go over to the dragon's lair right before it busts out where the dragon's head is coming out of the smoke. Yeah. And he comes up and it melts the priest. Yes. That was pretty rad. Yeah. Played by Ian McDermott right before he was cast as Palpatine for Return of the Jedi. Nice. He had not been cast in Empire. They used a... uh, random dude's uh, face with chimpanzee eyes over composited over it. Oh, weird. That's why it was all wrinkly. Yeah. They mean they changed it. Most people have not seen that version because it was only in the theatrical version and one really one home media release. Hmm. Every other one is the, every other release has Ian McDermott uh, composited into it. Instead, you get a pre pre Palpatine Ian McDermott as the priest who's like, Hey, we know that they didn't kill. We know that dude, that, blasphemous sorcerer didn't kill the dragon the dragon's not a dragon it's a fucking demon so we're gonna go pray at it until it dies and that's it, not what happened uh, that is not at all how it went down <laughs> no so it this is actually a really good start to this because it shows like the village starting to convert over to Christianity, yeah. like like their decision to do yeah, it. There's that one dude, the dude who's with them at the Abel, beginning. I think his name is. Yeah, and he's like the whole time is kind of suspicious. He's like suspicious out the jump from of the sorcerer, but then even after after Galen drops the rocks, uh, he's like they're having a little salvation at the village, and he's like, don't you think it's kind of weird? This is. Uh, dragon gets defeated by this quote unquote sorcerer at the same time there's a holy man in the like we have not seen the priest at this point we don't yeah. know anything that's how we find out there's a priest in the village is like yo this priest came through and then the wizard and then the uh dragon gets defeated maybe it's actually the priest and not the sorcerer and so he's there when uh palpatine gets burnt up yeah but he's still like about it yeah like it doesn't shake his faith at all he's like no we just need more people to be here praying yeah because then we see him as like he's basically taken up the priest role he has like the priest staff and shit and he's like baptizing people yeah it's, towards the end of the film yeah character development yeah it's village development the world is different than when it started yeah the world that we're introduced to which is actually it's pretty interesting because after i don't know what happens maybe my brain skipped a beat here or something or i was doing something else but to kind of skip forward a little bit because this is like more or less the building a weapon montage yeah. where <laughs> Valerian's father has this spear that he's been working on. But I got to say the question that that Galen asks of the blacksmith, 
Have you ever forged a weapon? He's a blacksmith. <laughs> Does a bear ever shit in the woods? I mean, they are in like a farming village, so it's probably mostly tools. But like, there's there are knights. Like the king's yeah. got a guard. He's the only blacksmith. <laughs> what do you think? There's he only three hundred people in this in this entire kingdom. Hey, mechanic, He's definitely making weapons. Have you ever fixed the car? <laughs> <laughs> and he gives Galen the spear, which is extremely sharp. But they need it sharper. Yeah, uh-huh. they magic it up. Yeah, the, he heats it up with some magic heat. And then Valerian's dad pounds it out or whatever. And then fast forward to the part where Galen confesses his love for Valerian, which is kind of weird because they don't do a lot to establish that no, relationship. Yeah, they really, jump, they really jump through that one because like they're both like in love with each other. And they have they just have that weird fake out thing where she's like, are you in love? And he's like, yes, yes. <laughs> but not with the princess. I'm in love with you. Bitch. But she just immediately assumes that it's the princess. She and the princess have met once. Yes. <laughs> Which, to be fair, is only one more time than he and Valerian have ever talked. <laughs> <laughs> or one less time than the, uh, he's talked to Valerian. Man's very quick to, to fall in love. It's, it's hard to find even... Um, decent looking women in this town where everyone gets sacrificed well to be fair when they panned over that uh, that crowd of young women i was like there's some they're they're pretty there's one woman standing directly behind valerian and i was just like damn she's like hot like what's going on here (laughs) they had a really good uh call for extras yeah Um, yeah so but also there's only 86 minutes. We gotta, we gotta get to it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Valerian, she's gonna go pick up dragon scales so she can make a dragon shield for Galen. Yeah. And in there she discovers that, oh shit, there are little baby dragons yeah. here. And <laughs> they look like shit. Yeah, yeah baby dude. dragons looked fucking terrible. They did. They <laughs> did. Gremlin ass. <laughs> and this is slimy for no reason. Yeah, very strange. And after after they have their little meeting and talk about how they're in love with each other, she yeah. gives him the shield and shit. And like he goes to fight the dragon. Too late to save the princess. <laughs> Too late to save. Oh the- yeah, the princess gets torn apart by the little gremlin ass baby it's, dragons. So before that, what happens is he walks up there and he magics himself into the crowd because they have a little ceremony that they do beforehand. And he tells like the oh yeah the, yeah the dark wizard or whatever the fuck his role is to get the fuck out of here. He's like, yo, I'm gonna kill this dragon. Get the fuck out of here. And so the king's guard, the dude who killed Hodge and Ulrich, is there, and he's like, "Look, bitch, you're not stopping this. Like, we, we this protects our village. We can't have you fucking this up. Yeah, yeah. and you already at, fucked it up once. At that point, I was just like, he's got reason to have concerns here. So he's not like he's a bad guy because he murdered for fun. All he does is wonder if magic is real. Yes, <laughs> and he's the villain. And no, well, he kills Hodge for no reason. Yeah, that's that is kind of Ulrich. No, he's like, yeah, because he he thinks that. Hodge is the one who's taken up the mission to kill the dragon because he's also old and lived with the wizard. But there's, yeah, there's really not any reason to kill him. No, no. he's just a fucking weird old man with no shoes. Yeah. I do like the reveal that Hodge has been shot because like Galen like runs up to him and is like, oh God, Hodge, you're still okay. And he's like, got the arrow in him. And he's like talking all out. It's a very funny scene where the one of the few good characters in the movie dies. But like it's, it's played. I think it's done well. Yeah. 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 So they fight Galen and the the knight fight and in that process Galen frees the princess and he's like run and she's like right into the cave yep he's like no run and she's like 
I think I hear somebody calling my name. <laughs> I'm going to Oh, got to go. <laughs> ah, I got to go into this cave. And then like while Galen and the knight are fighting, you hear her scream. Yeah. And Galen's like, you stupid fuck. Like, I was trying to save your fucking this life. didn't have to happen. Yeah. She didn't have faith in him at all. No. She's like, I got to do my fucking duty. And I get it. Like you got to hold it down for the, for the team or whatever. Yeah. I wish there was more time to develop like her guilt because to me, yeah, it kind of just seemed like you're dumb. It was yeah. very forced the way they like, did it. There's a, yeah. she confronts her dad. She gives a good speech and then she walks to her death willingly. <laughs> I was like, we don't really get any time for her to sit with the weight of what that means. Yeah. 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 And then she's just eaten by the baby dragons. Yeah. We see him like, we see one of them bite her foot off. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was very graphic. It's weirdly graphic brutal. out of nowhere. And then we see a dude get stabbed in the scene immediately before that. <laughs> and there's no blood. The next scene we see a teenage girl tearing apart her ankle and shit. Yeah. We see so Galen kills the king's knight or whatever, and in a way that's like less than satisfying. Yeah, the way and I was like, man, this sucks. That's but to be fair, Galen can't really fight. Yeah, so it's just like he well, barely wins that. It's <laughs> only because this thing is sharp enough to go through the post. <laughs> yeah, and into into the night. Yeah, so. <laughs> in the cave my favorite part of the movie comes up where he chops the head <laughs> off <laughs> dragon with the foot in its mouth he just again very brutal out of nowhere just absolutely like four babies three babies just he's like stabs one in the neck <laughs> and then the next one slices the head off a third Clean one off. attacks him and he like he bludgeons it to death with a torch. <laughs> it's pretty rad. Yeah. Pretty rad. Yeah. So he goes into the dragon's lair. And this is the part where Hodge's dying message, the burning leg, popped into my head. Yeah. I was like, oh, you didn't bring the ashes with you, dog? Like, yeah. what are you doing? Because like and it didn't even click with him until later in the movie. Yeah, yeah. It's a weird pacing thing. But this is the best part with the dragon where you see it come out of the yeah, water. Very impressive. Come about the water. And then also the worst part with the dragon where you see it sitting in the water breathing fire simultaneously. Yeah. And you can see it rotoscoped into the scene. <laughs> yeah. But it looks like shit. It's like yeah. green along the <laughs> yeah. edges. Like, okay. Yeah. It's rough. Yeah, that's what you, it's you called. You got me lost me in 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then it crawls out of the cave. And this is the part where I was like, the scaling is weird here. Because yeah, it seemed like it was much tra- larger yeah. in the cave. Because yeah, we see it's the same, basically the same shot that we see Galen walking through the cave. And then we see the dragon like crawling through the cave. It doesn't look as big as he just did. Yeah. And then Galen does like the ill trap shit where yeah. he lays the shield out and like trying to make it look like he's hiding behind it so he can jump down on top of the dragon, stab it in the head yeah. a whole bunch. But he doesn't like what I was expecting him to do is fall down with like the spear already out. Yeah. And like fall down, stab, use that momentum to we, stab the dragon. We can just all picture this, you know, falling with a spear ready to stab something. And you know what that looks like. like. Falls and like lands on it like it's a fucking horse. And then and then starts stabbing it, falls off, stabs it in the neck, and it's getting like flung around in a shot that while the dragon looks very good moving around, uh, Galen holding onto the spear and being shaken around looks awful. Yeah, absolutely. After that, it, I don't. This is I, where I thought my brain skipped. Yeah, a beat. I thought like because I did look away briefly. Like I think I got a text or something. I was like, did I just blank out on like a minute of this film? Yeah. What happened? So Valerian runs up and Galen's just laying outside of the motherfucker, the outside of the cave. Yeah. And he's like, they just leave and like go back to the village. 
Okay. Yep. I was just as lost right here as well. Yeah. Okay. So we, <laughs> the, the, the movie just jumps from stabbing the dragon in the neck to being unconscious, surrounded by rocks. The spear is broken. The dragon is gone. Yeah. It, and the dragon at one point, I, I wish there was like more, uh, feeling in the dragon's face after it sees its dead babies. I wish there was like a single dragon tear or some shit. That would have been really cool. But yeah, the dragon disappears and Galen and Valerian are like, yo, I love you. And they decide to leave with each other. Like we, I have failed catastrophically. There's nothing for me here. There's nothing for you here. We got to fucking go. <laughs> yeah, that's it. We out. Skip town. Change your name. And at this point, this is when the dude, I think his name is Abel, starts converting people in the village yes. to Christianity. As Galen and Valerian are leaving, Galen gets his vision in the water as he did earlier in the film. Yeah. He's like, oh, the burning lake. Ah, shit. Let me go back. And so he dips back to the cave and Valerian's like, dude, where are you this going? fucking stupid. And so he dumps the, the, uh, the ashes. sorcerer's ashes. He doesn't ashes. dump the sorcerer's ashes. Oh, he, he fucking sp- spreads glitter. <laughs> like he's in the biggest uh, float of the gay pipe pride parade. It just fucking lets it loose and the flames go out yeah and our boy Ulrich is back in some dope ass ropes what yeah. up getting off the white up in this bitch it looked pretty good too it did where the flame the green flame yeah. turned into a tornado and like not the the part where he was rotoscoping the flame because that looked yeah, like no, shit no. but like the, the flame itself of the, yeah that looked pretty solid and, and then over <laughs> out the gate it's like hey uh did you bring anything to fucking eat <laughs> yeah uh, being dead <laughs> sucks <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the best. I wish it were. We have like ten minutes more of him yeah. at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. I wish there was some journey of him just being a smart ass wizard for a little bit before he died. <laughs> just give us a flashback at least of him being a smarmy little forty year old shit. Yeah, I thought it was funny that his outfit when he came back looked a bit nun like. Yeah, he did look very priestly. Yeah, yeah, not not wizardly, but more more Catholic. Priests. Like if the if the Catholic Church had wizards, yeah, that's what they would wear. Definitely. This is the part of the film where I said to myself, "This would be like a really good uh, Terrence Malick or one of those dudes who like likes those masturbatory shots, like yeah. the lingering like atmospheric shots." Like this part of the movie would have been really good for that because like the wizard. Or the sorcerer teleports himself up onto this mountain. Yeah. After the dragon has come back again. Yep. And he's just like, all right, let's do it. And the cloud starts like coming in and there's like an eclipse. It's dope. It's really sick. It could have been way cooler. Yeah. (laughs) If they remade this movie. Let's get a remake. Do we like this movie? Is that what I I think so. (laughs) The latter half is way better than the front half. It takes a little while to get going, but once it does, it's like. And I like the concept of this movie. I don't. I think it's well written and poorly acted. I'm not even sure if I'm like super sold on the writing. Like the premise is cool. The characters are interesting enough. I mean, the story is like a small enough scale that they can tell it cohesively. Start yeah, to finish. It's like it's succinct in a way that's good. Most of the choices the characters make make sense internally. Yeah. And but I think one of the things that really keeps me out is the acting and then like the VFX. Because like when they did the cave in for the dragon when he first quote unquote slays him. I wasn't really sure what I was looking at. You were looking at a miniature set. Oh, <laughs> I, that part I was sure of. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't really clear what spell he was trying to do because all of his spells are in Latin and 
no one knows Latin. Yeah, so right. it's not really. They say it's a dead language. Elspeth does. She uses it to gloat over a prisoner. <laughs> yeah, the wizard summons a storm, and this this is the part that's really cool. Like the dragon's flying through the clouds, and the dragon and, looks good flying. Yeah, as a model that is being filmed flying. Yes. And the wizard strikes it with lightning a few times, yeah. which was like really dope. I was like, oh shit, that's cool. And the dragon falls and then it does a backflip and it's like, bitch, I'm back. Yeah, it, was, <laughs> it looks pretty cool. Yeah. I ain't done yet. <laughs> and so the orders that the sorcerer gave Galen was like, bitch, you'll know when to break this yeah. fucking amulet. You need to break it. If you don't fucking break it, we're going to have some problems. Yeah. Yep. So at some point during the fight, the wizard is just like, I keep calling him the wizard, but the sorcerer gets snatched up by the dragon. And I'm swearing like, yo, this dragon's just going to drop this <laughs> motherfucker. And the sorcerer Ulrich is like, Galen. And Galen's like, he's fighting with uh, yeah, Valerian, Valerian the whole and Galen time. have been going back and forth because Valerian's like, we got to destroy this fucking amulet. The wizard said, so, or the sorcerer said so. He's like, she said, I'll know when to do it. And it's like, they're literally fighting with the rock back and forth <laughs> about when to destroy it. And then he looks up after the wizard, after uh, Ulrich gets captured, like grabbed and and he like closes his eyes and then Galen's like, now's the fucking time. And he the, smashes the, the amulet just glows really brightly too as an indication that yeah. you should blow this or break <laughs> hey, this thing. Hey, what's up? It's time <laughs> to go. And as it turns out, the sorcerer turned himself into a human bomb <laughs> and he just blows up in the hands of the dragon or the claw of the dragon yeah. as it's holding him. And the dragon just dies. Yes, yeah, It was so sick. I was like, yo, this is sick as fuck. This is a dark movie. Yeah. I like where it went you turn yourself into a bomb and then you just blow up on a dragon that's really about that smoke yeah yep Yep. dragon crash the carcass of the dragon crashes to the ground the craziest part of this movie at least in my opinion happens next the village comes to see where the dragon's carcass is and the new priest dude is like yo my man jesus did it everybody (laughs) say thanks because at this point i think it's implied that they had already like moved out from the village to like start praying at this dragon Mm -hmm. and they just happened to be near where the dragon fell and so he's like, yeah, my boy JC, won't he do it? <laughs> they're like, super glad, like, yeah, our prayers did it. And then the king just appears with his, uh, with another priest, like his like other right hand dude who has the same shitty beard as him. <laughs> he's like, I got a sword and he walks up and he puts it into the dead dragon's head. I was like, who was that for? <laughs> that was for himself. And, and then when did you get here? What is happening? They announce all hail the dragon slayer, King Capadon Rex. <laughs> I was like, all right, whatever, dog. Aren't you upset about your daughter being dead? What are we doing? <laughs> That's and how we- he gets his catharsis by, you know, getting all the glory. Yeah, and the movie kind of just rounds yeah. out from there. And we cut to back to Valerian and Galen, and they're leaving. They're like, "We got it. We still have to get the fuck out of here. There's nothing for us here." Um, the dad's like, "Yeah, fucking roll out." So they start walking, and he's like, "Man, I sure wish that we had a horse." And then a white horse uh, appears. It's a horse. And then they get on the horse, and then roll credits. <laughs> Isn't that like part of some fucking Bible thing? And so he rode in town on a white horse. Um, yeah, it's in Revelation. Uh, Jesus, when Jesus comes back, he's on a white horse. Oh, um, but also I think it's implied that like the wizard uh, is the horse or sent them the horse. Oh, okay. Yeah, that that was how I uh, interpreted, how I interpreted that. that. Okay, like I was just like there was his one last gift to them. Was like, 
have this horse. Oh, cool. Uh, get Don't the fuck out. gift horse in the mouth. I know bird. you were going to get on a boat 15 minutes ago, but now here's a horse instead. And you left your stuff next, <laughs> next to that boat. Here's the horse that ran away at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> and overall, overall thoughts on the movie chat? I thought it was... It, it, it had potential and was just kind of uninteresting. And... Especially in the beginning. Like, if the beginning was better, I probably would have been more invested through the end. It was fine. Like, I'd give it, like, a 6 out of 10, 5.5. I wouldn't recommend it. But I would also be down for a remake. Yeah. Charles? I think I like this movie. The pacing at the beginning is, it fucking drags. The first 20 minutes are... I don't know, it just takes a while. I was also like struck immediately by how differently films were edited 30 years ago. Yeah. yeah. Like there are a lot of just long shots. Whereas like now you get maybe 15, 20 seconds per shot. There are some long fucking shots at yeah. the beginning of this movie and like throughout where it's just like you're not. They clearly just had a camera set up and they're like, <laughs> this is the frame we're using. Make all the action happen in this frame. And I don't know, that was just really different. But I do think. Like I was saying before, like there's an internal consistency. Um, the acting is not great, and the VFX are have aged badly even for the time. Yeah, um, considering we were also getting Star Wars at this time. But I think overall, I think I do like this movie. Like I'm going to watch it again because uh, I was telling somebody about it, and they want to watch it. And I'm like, cool, yeah. fucking come over. It's free on Hulu. We're gonna watch <laughs> watch this fucking movie again. And uh, but yeah, I think a remake would serve this movie really well. Like if you just had a bet, like just better, yeah, better better production altogether, like better production and like maybe 10, 15 minutes more. So you can like actually understand the characters a little bit. Yeah. Like give me a little bit more of like the princess thinking about what it actually means that her father was like her, where her sense of justice comes from because if her dad's corrupt, why the fuck would she believe otherwise? It's one of like those situations where like she has no reason to think that things should be better than they are, but she just does. She's just arbitrarily she's insulated. She wouldn't. Yeah. She's arbitrarily a good person. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would be what would be most effective would be at the beginning when they're doing the first sacrifice. Yeah. Like having it shown from her perspective and also just that, give it like five minutes of that. Yeah. Speaking of when she's like forcing her hands out of the shackles, it reminded me of uh, was it Daredevil season one or no Jessica Jones where Kilgrave has that detective like follow him even though he's handcuffed and he like fucking forces it out and that really grossed me out in Jessica Jones and it like I had like a flashback to that scene when the when that girl is like forcing it out and she's like they had her hands are bloody yeah like that's more than like weird gore out of nowhere like it's very graphic (laughs) out of nowhere and but then like there's also like Hodge who has a arrow in his stomach no blood yeah yeah Yeah. couldn't pick balance against women yeah yeah it's It's only against women we see two women brutalized on you know or at least bloody for no reason and then the two men that die three three men men that die on screen no blood they're just yeah oh no (laughs) (laughs) i've been stabbed through the chest that's it all of them with a punctured through the the abdomen mean wound yeah yeah Yeah. i think the movie has a lot going for it but the things that aren't going for it are enough to detract I, I also realized another thing that i didn't care for about this movie and that was that i really did not give a shit about galen like i didn't find him likable as a character partially because of his acting but also just like it's unclear 
is he supposed to be plucky? Is he? Yeah, I guess if we had more of like him as the apprentice, yeah, trying to like, like I, I with, it's basically just Ulrich's like, do you still want to be a sorcerer? And he's like, yeah, more than anything. And that's it. That's all the motivation we get for Galen. And then he gets the amulet and he's like, I'm hot shit now. Yeah. It but been, he was still a fuck up anyway. It would have been better served if kind of built his vision of himself based on like just having access to the amulet. Fucking Ulrich was like, you'll be a sorcerer once you've got this amulet. And then like five minutes later, he's got the amulet and he's like, I'm a fucking sorcerer now. Hey, yeah. And what then, a- like having having to deal with more of that failure. Yeah. Yeah. would have been better as well like while he was hiding in that hidey hole at valerian spot uh if he was yeah. like crying because he almost got like a bunch of people killed yeah or he whatever. knows he ain't shit and like he has to deal with it yeah yeah there's not they don't really give anyone the time to process their consequences really except for valerian and like in the scene right before she comes out and she like has she's looking at herself in the dress like i can finally do this and like her dad comes in and is like you know you can't like even if this dragon is gone like we've lived this life for so long you can't and the next scene she's like hey Yo, what's up I'm here there's a new bitch in town <laughs> and it's the old bitch like okay <laughs> get it and then Galen dances with her and it's whatever yeah. Um, but yeah I don't, I don't think Galen's character really works yeah, no. because his it's so inconsistent but yeah we don't get any time for anyone to really process anything no one is shown dealing with the consequences of their actions really and so there's no gravity yeah but that again is like one it's a how much time they had when the final edit and how capable the actors were at the time agreed i really am in the middle on this movie i think that it presents like a really good framework for something else that can be done yeah but i think as a a movie itself like self-contained i think it sucks yeah (laughs) but it's because of the effects it's because of the acting the story is again self-contained and it's pretty decent and it can work some of the visuals are like right at the precipice of like oh wow this is very impressive yeah it's like right on the cusp of i wonder that. what five years could have done like yeah. if the movie came out in 86 instead of 81 it probably would have been a lot better yeah uh, this is this is a movie that i think would be a good candidate for a remake Definitely. yeah yeah you could do a lot of really good shit i mean and keep I'm it 90 you, minutes but yeah that's another thing like I'm very excited that this movie was literally 90 minutes or it was 109 minutes. Yeah. Most of that being the credit or not most the last nine minutes of that being credits, yeah. I want to say. And it was, it was tight. There were a few things that I thought was missing, but it could have fit in that 90 minutes. Yeah. yeah they, they could shuffle around some of where that time was spent. Yeah, exactly. And if you remake the movie, get one of those directors that makes those movies that are like Tree of Life or uh, that time travel movie with Sean Penn or whatever. You get one of those directors or a cinematographer that can do those shots that make the movie like seem like it's like really jacking itself off because of the way it looks. Like you get one of those guys, you can make something really fantastic. That's that's something that's missing from like film now is you need somebody who wants you to like take in the visuals. Yeah. Especially with fantasy. Like you can't, it doesn't nothing. It never, everything doesn't need to be Lord of the Rings. We don't need everything to be like, to have some weird, huge battle in it. Fantasy can be a bunch of different things. And this is a great example of something that is, it's there's a beginning and there's an end and the shit that happens only really affects the characters that we see on screen. I do like that it was small scale. Yeah, that absolutely. One small dinky little village taking on one decrepit dragon. Yeah. And like, yeah, it was, of course, important to them, but it's not like, oh, the world will end if we let this dragon live. Like, yeah, 
then they would have called in a better fucking wizard, you know? Yeah, like even like the dragons just like, yeah, we have a fucking deal, I guess. Like I just eat a woman twice a year and we're good. Well, that's the thing though. The the woman isn't even for the dragon. It's for its kids. So presumably yeah. the dragon is going out and just eating other shit. Yeah, just going it's to like, other villages. Yeah, like twice a year my kids get to eat human. Yeah. Right? Like, okay, um, I guess that's a reason enough. I'm also stealing your cows whenever I feel like it. So this is enough of a reason for me not to burn everything to the fucking ground. That's fine. Yeah. Overall, uh, I would give this movie like probably a five out of 10. Yeah. Probably around the same. It's the, I like, I enjoyed the latter half, but that front half is slow shit. Yeah, it's yeah. Very slow. <laughs> After the break, no concessions, none whatsoever. Inconceding shit. Welcome back to no concessions the titular segment where we talk about a movie that we love and we will not concede one inch in our love for it none none at all i gotta work on that copy but (laughs) we'll we'll workshop that it'll get better so what movie are you caving for this week all right so a movie that is near and dear to my heart that is unfairly shit on by by critics and people who just don't pay attention to movies is Be Cool. Be Cool was a 2005 film that is a sequel to the movie Get Shorty, which is from the late 90s. And it harkens back to a lot of sort of Tarantino, Pulp Fiction-esque type of humor. It has a lot of the same cast. It's got Uma Thurman, John Travolta, and that same sort of on-screen chemistry. Where the movie... Uh, gets flack from critics. Is that Andre 3000? Hell yes, it is. Hell fucking yes, it All is. Right. We will get to that because this cast is amazing. But <laughs> uh, where the movie gets flack from critics is that it is thematically and a lot of the beats are very, very similar to Get Shorty, the the first in the series. Now, I saw Be Cool before I saw Get Shorty. Therefore, I like Be Cool better than Get Shorty. But there's more than that that just goes into it i have since seen get shorty and i enjoy both movies a lot but why i love be cool okay first of all that cast is incredible is i think the rock's first theatrical performance well no he did walking tall and that other one was sean william scott oh no scorpion king was his first first one was scorpion king okay Oh, that's right. But he had a very small role in he that. He was effectively just a model. Yeah. That yeah. They based the CG monstrosity on. Yeah. Oh, that was bad. Oh, that was bad. That does not age well either. Um, so, well, in any case, this was one of his earliest roles. This was late, way before he was a movie star of any sort. Yeah. And he was playing a, a flamboyantly gay bodyguard and doing a good job with it. Honestly, his acting was, was very convincing as a gay man trying to be tough in the sort of heteronormative sense and like getting clowned on constantly for being gay. Uh, but the movie, the cast in it is incredible. You've got Andre 3000, you've got Cedric, the entertainer, you have James Wood who shows up and dies as he should. Uh, you've got Uma Thurman, you have Aerosmith that makes a cameo. Yeah, this, this cast list is wild. It's, it's, pretty insane like Back how christina Leon was relevant uh, yeah Ooh. remember her yeah she plays a big role in this was that did she make hey mr dj no that was no, rihanna. Rihanna. 
What um, song did Cristiano Milian do? Dip I know, it low, pick it up slow. Oh, dip it low, pick it up slow. Move it all around like you had. Yes. Okay, well, yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. She used to be married to the dream. Who? The dream. Who? Yo, uh, stereo killer. Yeah, okay. I love yo, girl. I'm, I'm sure I know this. He's song. produced and or written most of the hits from the last like 10, 15 years. <laughs> all right. Well, there you go. I don't pay attention to producers. If they ain't. He's well, a full decade older. Whatever. In Continue. any case, uh, so where audiences mischaracterize this movie, I think, is that the humor is much more intelligent than it pretends to be. It feels like a very surface level movie. And there's a lot of like kind of dumb seeming dialogue or like characters that feel unnatural. But you have to understand the theme of the movie is be cool. That's the whole fucking movie right there. It's everybody trying to front on everybody. They're trying to be something that they're not. And the only person who really is truly cool is John Travolta's character because he's a Shylock. He's used to being a wise guy. He's used to just like being in your face at the whole time. So he gets away with a lot of stuff that he shouldn't just because he presents himself with such charisma and such such swagger. And the other characters like the Russian mafia, they're trying to to posture and be tough. And they're, they're, you know, trying to show like, yo, I'm the big bad. Don't fuck with me. But they're incompetent. So they end up fucking up. Or Nick Carr, he thinks he's the big bad and he doesn't want someone stepping on his turf. He's got his girl, you know, who's got all this potential, but he thinks that his shit is is the best. So he wants to put the put him with his hooker-esque girl but he can't because he's incompetent he's just trying to be cool you got cedric the entertainer who has presented himself as this hardened gangster but he went to columbia to study music you know he's yeah he is a successful music producer for gangster rap but he's no gangster he's just walking around with the gangsters He's a tourist. You ain't no gangster. You a tourist. Uh, and so he's trying to be cool. And then he has an excellent speech at the end of the movie where he says, don't tell me to be cool. I am cool. That's great. You got Vince Vaughn who's playing. This is basically the guy that I picture anytime I see someone like really caping for Eminem. It's Vince Vaughn's character. <laughs> okay. I mean, I think you've convinced me. I think I'm going to watch yeah, it. Yeah, track down Be Cool. It's, I got to watch Get Shorty and then Be Cool. Yeah. Okay. I, I feel like. Should we watch it in the release order? I feel like if you watch them both back to back, you will like Be Cool less than you would have if you just watched them either like on separate occasions or watched it first because they are. Very similar movies, but that's also part of a kind of running gag through the movie. That's a full decade between films. Yes. <laughs> uh, one of the running gags in the movie is that this is a sequel, and they especially cover that in the beginning. And John Travolta says a line, I never do. I, I hate sequels. I never do them. And this is a sequel. And it's very oh, similar. God. To, yeah, you you lost me. I know. I know. I know. Yeah. You don't like the self uh, the self awareness, mm-hmm. but. 
I'm going to say watch Be Cool first, then get Shorty. Way easier because Be Cool is free on Prime Video and Get Shorty is not. <laughs> oh, there you hey. go. You got to pay for Get Shorty. <laughs> yeah, that was basically why I'd seen Be Cool and not Get Shorty because it was it was so much more accessible. Like yeah. you would play on Well, because it came out the DVD era, so it was easier to get. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So if you watch this movie, which I highly recommend, as should be noted, you have to understand that everything is a little bit deeper than the surface level. It feels surface level, but if you really think about the dialogue, it's more intelligent and funnier than it comes across. This feels like I'm listening to somebody explain fucking art to me, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, because I've, I've tried to show this movie to multiple people, and they're like, ah, I don't know, it was just kind of it was funny, I Look, guess. Like, man, I'm just saying, the this triangle in the corner represents the Illuminati, <laughs> and the rest of us are down here, man. Open up your third eye, you calcify your pineal gland, brother. Yeah, exactly. I'll check it out. I'll check it out. I'm going to watch it. All right, Charles, what you got? Uh, the original Dumbo. 1954's oh. Dumbo. <laughs> okay. Are you sure you don't want to stand for the new one? I've not seen the new one. Oh, I've heard um, it is dour. I'm going to see it, but I'm going to fucking talk. racist, caving for these racist-ass crows. <laughs> I knew you were a traitor. <laughs> Get them. I've seen those crows. It is. Well, yes, it is weirdly racist. They are not. Uh, bad characters, which is weird. Though the uh, main one, whose name is actually Jim Crow in the credits, <laughs> God uh, is voiced it. by the same man who voiced Jiminy Cricket. That's a fun fact uh, that nobody needs. <laughs> okay, continue. Um, the dude's name is Jim Crow. And it's never said on screen, but it's in the credits. <laughs> they knew what they did. Uh, uh, but, oh, sorry, 1941. Hey, it's, hey, it's me, Jiminy Crocket. <laughs> 1941's Dumbo is much like my last pick, uh, my last movie that I will not concede on, um, is mostly a style over substance thing for me. It is very cartoony. It is probably um, notably so because being it was being produced at the same time as Bambi. Mm. Uh, Walt Disney didn't know what direction to take the comp was like unsure about which direction to take their films in because um, they had done Snow White and they'd done Pinocchio. Snow White uh, pretty realistic. I mean, literally, they were just rotoscoping. Yeah, they animated over uh, um, actual footage. And then Pinocchio was more cartoony, and they had both done about the same. Like, their shorts, you know, were one thing, but they were like, which direction do we take these films? How about you, this team, you guys do your project. This team, you do your project. Bambi and Dumbo came out a year apart. Bambi, mm. obviously, way more. In terms of character design, a lot more realistic, a lot of watercolors, more artistic a film. Mm -hmm. Dumbo is pure cartoon, very bright and colorful, and the train has a face, and the animals are all talking. Like, it's a whole thing. And uh, it's just visually, it does a lot for me. I've always really liked cartoons. Dumbo is probably one of the first animated movies I ever saw um, that, like, I really remember, aside from The Lion King. And I just fucking still really like that movie um the music is not they're not disney classics but <laughs> no. they are still like the handful of songs they weren't doing musicals yet that wasn't disney's thing most of the music was just like movies have <laughs> music in them and sometimes it's being sung by the characters but most of the time it's not i don't think any of the songs in dumbo except for uh when i see an elephant fly <laughs> is actually sung by any of the characters in the movie. But the scene where after B. 
being harassed. Um, Dumbo's mom beats the shit out of some children <laughs> and is put in animal jail. Uh, <laughs> there's a song, uh, Baby Mine, and it makes me cry every fucking time. Like, literally, I love Dumbo a lot and I watch it regularly. I have it on Blu ray and I can't watch it with people because I know I'm going to cry at this scene. <laughs> I've seen it easily 120 times and I cry every single time. There's Damn. at least one thug tear that just like <laughs> makes its way down while Dumbo's mom, I'm fucking getting emotional talking about Dumbo's mom is like rocking because you see these shots of all these other animals. Like all these other baby animals, because all the baby animals are born at the same time, which happens. Uh, most animals fuck around the same time of the year because spring is when there's the most other animals to eat and also natural growth. So spring is a good time to have babies. It happens in circuses as well. But you see all these other baby animals with their parents and Dumbo's like literally interacting with his mom on the other side of jail bars. And it's very emotional for me. But also like there's they do a lot of different things visually. But there's no there's no plot. Dumbo does not have a plot. <laughs> uh, a baby elephant is born or delivered by the stork. He's got weird ears. He's made fun of. He learns to fly. Movie over. <laughs> once, once Dumbo flies, there's no more movie. He shows up. He flies. He shoots peanuts at the bitchy elephants from the beginning of the movie and at the clowns who were fucking with him 10 minutes earlier. And then... There's a montage of, hey, this elephant's fucking famous. Movie over. The movie is 68 minutes long. It's It's barely an hour with credits. Very nice. And uh, I just like it a lot. It's purely like a stylistic thing. It changes like the animation style is largely the same, but like how they use colors in certain scenes is done really well. I mean, the pink elephants on parade is a very, probably the only famous sequence from that movie, but like, that's a very cool scene. And then musically, it's really impressive how they synchronize, like what they're doing on screen with how the music is changing throughout that sequence. It's definitely my favorite Disney movie. It is. And it's also definitely the movie I have seen the most. My movie is Kiki's Delivery Service. Uh I fucking love that movie. It was one of the first Studio Ghibli movies I've ever seen. Uh, Probably the first movie I'd seen by them. And it came at a time when I was like 12, 13. I didn't know what anime was. Like, I don't think I'd even been exposed to Sailor Moon or any of that stuff yet. Mm. But that was the first one that I had seen. And I had no idea what it was. And they had played it on the Disney channel, I want to say, for the (laughs) first time. And I was like, what the fuck is this movie about a young girl who's flying on a broom doing all this good, like delivering shit to people. And like the reason why I like it is like, but like, I really like the design of the city. Yeah. Mm. Like the city is fucking gorgeous. It's like, very, it looks very good. Yeah. yeah it's, it's very cool. Plotted out like in a really cool way. It's a city on the sea. It's, it's fucking gorgeous. And like the plot is fine or whatever. And it kind of like mirrored my life to a certain degree because because like here's this young girl who's a witch who's not accepted by anybody not getting invited to any parties or any shit like that because like she's being ostracized because of who she was and like as a kid I really related to that because like I was a black kid going to a white school or being in a lot of white spaces and like I understood what that felt like and I was just like damn dude this is like some real life experience type shit and also like again like aesthetically that movie's on like all the Ghibli movies are aesthetically yeah. on a different fucking level. Yeah, the animation's super smooth. Yeah. It's just like 
it's it's an experience they're watching crafted. them. Yeah. Those movies are crafted. Yeah. They're they're closer to works of art than they are products, in my opinion. Yeah. And I mean, again, the story isn't all that impressive, whatever. Like she moves to a town, delivers shit, people don't like her, and she wins the trust of people after a Zamboni Zamboni, a <laughs> Zeppelin blows up over the town and she just fucking saves people's yeah. lives and shit. And they're like, Oh, maybe this witch is all right. <laughs> I was like that, that and like the the stakes really fucking just ratchet up in that movie out of fucking nowhere because she's like it's it's just her like being able to like fly or whatever she's got a broom and shit suddenly she's saving people like the, it's still an anime like yeah. the story does just some she, it's just lucky that she was there and like she's not like casting spells and shit she's just like by the end of the movie she's learning how to do that witch stuff mm. but during the movie it's just her living her life it's like a very interesting slice of life sort of thing i mean just by virtue of it being a ghibli project i think like that kind of gives it a certain amount of credit on its own yeah but aside from that it's just kind of like it's a great movie it's a very chill watch I watched it again recently. The music in that movie is fucking dope too. Yeah, Ghibli like or Ghibli, like they they just bring it, man. Like when they have it's specifically Miyazaki because Ghibli has some other movies that weren't done by Miyazaki and Ponyo. yeah, like they're good, but it's clearly just a step down. Like they're yeah. fine, they're just not as good. And I mean. Those those Miyazaki films just they really they hit different, man. Yeah, like emotionally too. Yeah. It there's like something that's there. There's like a an element of like that you could that no matter who's watching this movie can connect to on like a yeah. deeply personal level. It's a weird skill that he has. Yeah. I haven't watched all of the movies. The only ones by Ghibli that I've seen are uh Princess Mononoke. And Kiki's Delivery Service, I think. Oh, gotta, I don't think I've seen stuff off your game. I don't yeah. think I haven't seen Poco Rosso, My Neighbor Toad. Oh, I've seen Spirited Away. Okay. I've seen Spirited Away, House yeah. Moving Castle. I haven't seen that. Okay, I, have not, I never finished. I don't know why. I think it was on like Toonami, House Moving <laughs> Castle, and I just never finished it because <laughs> they didn't show it often enough for me to like remember. But I did just add the Miyazaki collection to my Amazon wish list, so I'm probably yeah. <laughs> on that like next week or so. Because yeah. you can't. He's like against streaming. So I mean that's that's fine, but yeah. wait until he dies. Yes, <laughs> as soon as that dude dies, there's gonna like some Amazon's gonna snatch that shit. Up. Disney's, gonna, like, Disney's gonna snatch up the rights. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's already been distributing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they're gonna be like, oh, to guess what we got? We're coming to Disney, Disney Plus in 2027. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm, they've got a gang of movies on their slate, and like I I saw parts of Ponyo, and I just wasn't feeling it. Yeah, yeah. most people weren't super into Ponyo, and they look good, but yeah, I, I definitely. Um, I saw I think half of it that's why I don't include it in the movies that I've seen because I didn't watch all of it it was interesting kind of but it wasn't that tight like it was all right. I think it was their pull like their their shot at like trying to make those like emotionally intense Pixar movies yeah like Mm -hmm. that just make people cry constantly throughout (laughs) and I'm not interested in that that's why I don't watch Pixar movies or a lot of them anyway because it's if it looks like it's just like Yo, we're here to emotionally abuse you for a couple hours. I only saw Up once. 
because that's not a good movie. No, no, it was like very cute at the time. It's and I was just like a one watch film. Yeah, like oh, tight. Like the only thing really worth seeing is that opening sequence with him and his wife. And as soon as she dies, you can stop the movie. Yeah. It's like oh fuck. It's like and like once he's a crotchety old man. I guess some of the interactions with the kid where he's like fuck off, and once they once he slams the door in the kid's face, you just cut off the yeah. movie. I mean, there's. There's some fun bits with the bird and the dog as well. Yeah. But I, I even, I get, I get tired of Doug. Yeah. I get tired of him. And I'm like this, <laughs> this bit is not, it's not 45 minutes worth of good jokes. Yeah. I mean, I do like that. There's a crazy old man. <laughs> like, yeah. That man is full on insane. <laughs> Absolutely. But it's like, that's not enough for me to be. His, his part of town is getting fucking gentrified. Yeah. And he's just like, I got to get the fuck out of here. Time I to can't leave. afford to leave because my wife and I never had fucking kids yeah. and I have shit. My wife is dead and they're going to fucking kill me if I stay here. So I might as well leave on my own. Yeah, don't they full on like they kind of threaten them. They're like, yeah, yeah what's up? we're going to just wreck your house. Like, if you don't leave, we're going to seize it, which is the thing that happens. The city will just like see stuff and then sell that property to whoever was trying to buy it in the first place. Yeah. yeah. They'll like find a reason to condemn your house and be like, well, if you got to get the fuck out of here, here's, 40% of what your house is worth. Yeah, that's really fucked up. Actually. Happened to my grandmother. Really? They and then they didn't tear the house down. What? And then she died. Oh, but, oh my God. Uh, they excite. That sucks. Yeah, it's fucking, fucking terrible. Well, uh, anyway. anyway, up is bad. Don't see it. Uh, <laughs> Kiki's <laughs> delivery service. Very, very nice. Good. Very chill watch. Yeah. It's not, I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's like the most exciting thing you'll ever see, but like, it feels uh, good. Like, as an experience, it feels good. It's a positive movie. And I mean, I don't know about the message. The message is kind of fucked up. It's like, yo, these people won't fuck with you until you save a bunch of lives. Yeah, in it's exactly the same plot as Dumbo. <laughs> like, until yeah. you're making money. It's also Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Yeah. It commodify your existence. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, the the thing is, man. Justify like, yourself being different and people that, accept you. That's, it's, Kiki's Delivery Service, like, to some extent, is responsible for me wanting to become, like, at least tangentially related to being an artist. Like I never pursued art, but like looking at that city, like I'm like, I'm not kidding. That city is fucking beautiful. Yeah. Like it's the, I forgot what it's called. I think it's called civil engineering. Yeah. The way that you design and plot out a yeah. city, civil like the way that that town is built, the train that she takes on the way in the town, like the, the homes on the outskirts, yeah. like the cars, the trains, everything like that shit is so sick like just to me in general i'm not gonna sit here and say like yo like this movie's action-packed and it's gonna fucking blow your dick back but like i think honestly like this is probably one of it's one of my favorite movies ever made and that's why i'm bringing it up right now yeah. it's gonna be really weird when we get to like a hundred episodes <laughs> yeah. i keep finding movies like, uh, I'm kinda yeah, like kinda five like more this. Films. <laughs> i'm gonna watch way more movies you be like I fuck with this hard. I'll save that for the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, anyway, yeah, that's no concessions for this week. We'll uh, catch you next week. Bye. Take care.